Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Moneyball Minute. My name is Kirk Henderson, and I'm editor-in-chief of MavsMoneyball.com. You are joining me on Wednesday, June 1st. A little early. Not a ton of Mavs stuff going on, but you know what? We're going to get through it. Uh, if you haven't had the opportunity yet, please go listen to Matthew Phillips and I talking about the Dallas Mavericks exit interviews. Uh, I thought that was a pretty interesting conversation. There's a lot to jump off and, and talk about in uh, from that conversation and really from all those exit interviews. They're all really interesting, and I kind of feel like they're, they're kind of under-consumed relative to... Um, all the, you know, the, the lack of kind of Mav stuff out there. Um, and then, you know, the first thing I want to point you to, my good buddy, former Mavs Moneyball staffer and current editor over at uh, SI.com Mavericks, you know, DallasBasketball.com, whichever, however you get there, wrote the top, uh, wrote a really long piece. Uh, he jokingly told me it was the longest thing he he's written this season, and maybe he's right. It's uh, Mavs Moments, Top Moments, uh, Mavs Donuts, Top Moments from a Thrilling Luka Magic Season. And he has, you know, lots of photos, links. Uh, some of the ones that I really enjoyed were... Um, you know, when, when Luca went on a scoring tear, scored 51 points, talking about Dorian's, uh, you know, contract extension and how important that was, um, how Luca hunted LeBron James uh, in a, a March 1st matchup. Just really, really great stuff. Like, this is something you could sink your teeth into for a good half hour or longer of your morning. Um, really fun. Post Dalton, great stuff here. Uh, the next thing I wanted to draw your attention to was a couple of days ago uh, on first take. I know it's first take, but Stephen A. Smith sort of went in on Luca and you know talked about how Luca is to a degree is is only going to hold the Mavericks back if he is going to continue to come to camp out of shape. Now, I think we're past this. I really do. I don't know if next year is going to be the year where Luca comes into shape like a tank, like the way he probably needs to come into shape. But fitness is a journey, and I think he'll be better. Um, I think he learned a lot. You know, the Mavericks played exactly 100 basketball games. Luca played in a significant number of them. So he has seen the grind up close and what he needs to do. But the argument, like most of these uh, sports center arguments, is at the very least extremely entertaining. Um, and then the last thing that I want to point you to is our, our good buddy, uh, Jake Fisher, over at Bleacher Report, um, pushed some, some information out about Brunson that, you know, uh, just a quote from the article, there's a growing sense among league personnel that Jalen Brunson will return to Dallas following the Mavericks sprint to the Western Conference Finals, uh, you know, kind of reaffirming what uh, Cuban told, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, well, Cuban Colt told Mark Stein. Now, what's interesting is sort of the salary number that gets thrown around. Uh, Brad Townsend said something that's going to be north of four years, $80 million, whereas um, in, the, in this Bleacher Report piece, uh, Fisher says, with Brunson's next salary expected to exceed $20 million annually, perhaps John Collins' recent five-year $125 million extension and Atlanta will be a good benchmark for Brunson to remain in Dallas. I'm sorry. That's a hilarious difference. Uh, the Mavericks can offer the extra year. So, But when you read like four years, $80 million, or five years, $125 million, like 45 extra million dollars is a lot. I think that, that anything, uh, just, just my opinion, I think the Mavericks pay him five for 25. I really do. Uh, that's just sort of the way this is going to go. And what I have seen... 
on the social media, uh, between Facebook, Twitter, a little bit of Reddit, a little bit of anything, um, is that people are finding themselves sort of turned off by that figure. Here's the thing. I don't think anyone needs to worry too much about this for two reasons. Number one, the Dallas Mavericks were already capped out going into next season. This was known last season before the Kristaps Porzingis trade for Spencer Dinwiddie. The Mavericks were already going to be over the salary cap. You know, we're going to have CBA Mavs on at some point to explain some of this stuff to us further, but the salary cap next year is expected to be about $122 million. The luxury tax where Cubans got to pay like a dollar tax for every dollar he's over it is somewhere in like the $155 million range. The Mavericks are, or it's $149 million range, I think is what it is, but it doesn't really matter. Just bear with me for a second. The Mavericks are, in order to keep Brunson, they were going to have to go over this. This was known last year when they re-signed Tim Hardaway to, to a pretty good size deal. This was known they were sort of locked in to a luxury tax paying team, which the Mavericks have never had under the current CBA. They broke up the 2011 title team. Cuban has not had to pay the luxury tax. They have gone over the cap, I believe, but the luxury tax is a little bit of a different deal. So this is something the Mavericks knew getting into it. They've known for some time. There's some concern among fans that I've chatted with where it's like, well, this contract, if they give him a huge contract, it becomes really difficult to trade. Okay, but why are you looking to trade the guy just as he's getting signed? John Brunson is going to be, I think he's signing him to a five-year max would basically lock him up for the prime of his career. Now, if you don't think he's good enough, different story. I understand that. But Jalen Brunson has a lot of improvements he can make to his game. For example, if he just pulls up and shoots a three off a screen, if he shoots more than 3.23s a game, he's really good and can be better. Um, I've, I've just done a 180 based off of how I felt about him once I watched some of his playmaking this year. Um, of course, though, you know we don't really get a say in this, so that's worth pointing out. It's also just not necessarily worth stressing about. Um I have enough faith in this front office right now to get some deals done if they need to in the future. There's also the fact that the television contract is coming up for renegotiation, which means we could see another significant rise in the salary cap. Because I think what's important here is not necessarily the dollar figure. It's the percentage a player is owed as a part of the cap. Luka Doncic is is making I want 35% or 30%. It's a lot of money. Is, is the point. He's going to be making like uh, $36 million next year with like annual raises of up to 8%. And, and by the end of the deal, it's like 42, 43 million uh, over, you know, the five year, five year term. So this was all known in, in terms of being over the salary cap. Everything is going to be just fine. I don't think uh, we need to spend too much time stressing about this because when you have Luka Doncic, everything else kind of becomes a, a secondary situation where I feel confident that they're going to be able to mix and match and move all the pieces. All right, guys, I want you to enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. I should have a post up with Josh Bowe later today. Uh, we're kind of recapping the season. We'll see if I can actually get that up. We should have a few more posts over at Mavs Moneyball. Everybody have yourself a good Wednesday.